it was the most violent game I've ever been a part of. It was just ridiculous. I'd felt something in my car, so I wasn't due to playing in the games. I was training, but Steve was leaving me out of the games, and it was it was really getting out of hand. So Steve's gone to me, look, go on and just, he sent me on, he said, just calm it down, calm it down for me. And within, <laughs> the first thing, I, first thing that happened, the ball came between me and some other lad, and he tried to top me. I've managed to ride it, I've landed on him, and about 15 seconds after Steve's told me to go home and calm it down, I've got the lad by the throat. He's a Premier League, he is a fantastic city. Bristol City open the scoring, and it's a debut goal for Aaron Wilbraham. Well, Aaron, you might not be singing your name when you join the club, but they always are by the time you leave. We want to entertain them, we want to put them forward, we want to play good football. This is what, how I felt like we were going into games, I just couldn't see us losing. It was right there and I said to the linesman, have you seen all that? And the linesman said, yeah. With all the noise of however many thousand were there, it was just like a silent moment. I felt once I scored, it, it was silent. The story of the 2014-15 season begins in probably one of the most unlikely of places, Botswana, as Bristol City played Township Rollers in a pre-season friendly match. Over 5,000 miles away from Bristol, Steve Cottrell's side escaped a hostile game battered and bruised. Wade Elliott and Aaron Wilbraham tell us more about that trip six years ago. In a strange sort of way, that game was a massive test of character. Uh, you sort of, it was... It was quite an intimidating place to be on the pitch. We were getting no protection. It was literally just just us there against a really, really hostile crowd. And you looked at how the lads came together, um, how they coped with the game, how we, how we looked after each other, how we stuck up for each other. And you think little experiences like that end up going a long way over the course of a season. I think when there's those, those type of tackles flying in, what tend to happen, some, like, happen sometimes when you go to these foreign countries, but I think obviously the lads being able to back each other up on the pitch gets you ready to fight really, gets you ready to start the season and you know there's going to be a few scraps and you know you've got each other's back so I suppose that game did do that and I understand what Wade is saying there definitely. But it wasn't just about the football and the training, this was about cultivating a title winning team. Physio Steve Allen at the time. He made, he made all the new lads, myself included, have a bit of an X-Factor sing-along kind of karaoke competition and he got all these South African cleaners and stuff out the hotel to be on the judging panel and it was a great laugh and stuff. I think Luke Aylin's, uh X-Factor audition, shall we call it, was probably, the, was probably the funniest. I wouldn't say it was the best, but it was the one that got everyone laughing. And uh, I remember at the time Adam Baker, the media guy at Bristol City at the time, he, he was going around the lads' rooms, doing little different interviews, obviously keeping the fans back home in touch with what was going on. And I think that everything just gelled. Everyone got used to each other and it was just a really good trip. New kids on the block. Back in the day, bought the album. Still don't mind a few of their songs. One Direction. I'm not, no, I'm not even guilty about that. Um, no, yeah, One Direction. 80s. Anything in the 80s. Martika, Tiffany, Bros, Wham, Rick Astley, any of the above. Bristol City were looking to revive the 80s in many ways this year. 
a decade in which the club recovered from financial ruin and eventually won promotion in 1984. 30 years on, City were desperate to improve upon recent years and make their way back to the Championship. And while the Championship was somewhat familiar, Botswana certainly wasn't. I loved the, the Botswana side of it. I, I, I thought Botswana was really interesting. It was somewhere I'd never been before. Probably outside of football wouldn't have thought of going. Now Botswana was a complete different shock to the system where it's a completely different way of life. No one, like, it wasn't familiar or anything. We weren't familiar with the food. Like, the food is anything I'd never seen before, which obviously is really important when you're, when you're doing a pre-season tour. The games that we were playing were... You'd understand if you were kind of playing English teams that at the level of the... Like, it would be a friendly tournament, or a friendly game or a friendly tournament. That wasn't the case. I felt they felt, It felt like their, it was their World Cup playing against us, where we were kind of just going to keep fit... They were slamming in tackles. They were injuring people. Like um, Ozzy, Ozzy had his had his shin ripped up, ripped apart. It was it was incredible. It was just it was uh, yeah. We, it was just I could sit here for days telling exactly at, at all the at extraordinary. Me and Corey sat in our bedroom window, and a monkey came for it one day. So it was like what happened there was we we all as a group experienced uncomfortableness. And it kind of we got through it together in a positive way, and that brought us all together. That that was the start of that, I believe. As Mark Little said, this brought the group of players much closer together, preparing them for what would be one of the most intense seasons ever, led by an even more intense talismanic figure in Steve Cottrell. Former PA announcer for Bristol City, Tim Shires, says more. Going off the back of Sean O'Driscoll, who was pretty pretty dismal really anyone seemed a step up but I do remember at the time of, of Steve Cottrell's appointment it did seem a little bit underwhelming at the time um, I mean looking back it was it was silly really but uh, it was a bit like when you remember when Claudio Ranieri got unveiled at Leicester um, and Gary Lineker put that tweet out saying Claudio Ranieri really and that one kind of bit him in the arse and I think as Steve Cottrell wanted as well he caught a lot of people by surprise with the uh, the football we played and some of the the players we managed to bring into the club and what you see is what you get with Steve really he wears his heart on his sleeve and I think that that fed across the players they had a great team bond that season um, in the promotion winning season it's a shame he couldn't really carry it on the following season but for that season I mean I've never seen a bunch of of players so tight knit and together as as they were Mark Perro was part of the media team that season and told us the impression he made. Slightly intimidating, to be honest. Like when he first came in, I think, you know, you straight away you got the impression that this was a guy who was going to take no shit, if I'm allowed to say that. Everyone kind of got on board pretty quickly with the fact that he made it clear it kind of wasn't acceptable, the position that the club was in at the time, and he was right. And he was determined to do something about it, and he did. So he very quickly... Um, kind of got everyone going in the same direction and had a massive, massive influence on the club, obviously. Ron Walker was the iconic voice behind Bristol City's match highlights for the season and describes the changes Cottrell brought in. Steve Cottrell's always seemed very much like what you see is what you get, as in you're either very much with him or you're against him. And I think he managed to really get that team on side that season. I remember Sean O'Driscoll saying when he was there about how you know, it was all about trusting the players and getting them to make decisions. And it just clearly wasn't working. Uh, in, in addition to, you know, 
clearly being unable to inspire them. But Cottrell, they were so well drilled. I remember going into the dressing room after the JPT final and they were like, I've never been in a dressing room where there's so much information, but not sort of, you know, an overload, just like, here's what you do, here's what you do. You know, he's, he's sort of, I don't, I think he probably goes to bed and dreams about football. Like he just seems to, he's so intense. And I think that really, as much as anything else, was, was the driving force behind it. He was intense. Obviously the, the first time I, um spoke to him, I met him in uh, met him in a hotel in Bristol and even from then, which was an off season, there was no like there was no football going on. Um, it wasn't it wasn't like late in the window, like there was no panic or anything like that, but just his intensity of, of sitting in front of me and, and, and looking me in the eye and telling me telling me what he was going to achieve and how he was going to do in it and how he wanted me to be part of that. Off the top of my head I can't remember how quickly results changed. I, d I don't think it was absolutely immediate. I remember, I think his first game was Rotherham at home, which I think we lost 2-1. 38. What a shot and what a goal. Who's it going to be? It's Tavernier. It's in. Tavernier doubles his money and Rotherham are back in front. They were better than us. They were stronger than us. They passed the ball better than us. So, yeah, it is a mark. Unfortunately, it's um, a bit of a disappointing one considering we've put all that effort into it and uh, I feel as though we should have got something out of the game today. It wasn't kind of an obvious improvement at that stage. It kind of then became clear to him, I think, the size of the task ahead. And I think he spoke retrospectively about the fact that he could sense a bit of fear in the players playing at Ashton Gate. Um, so that was a big thing that he wanted to turn around. But yeah, I think he's in terms of what he wanted and what he expected, that was kind of clear from day one. But it took probably a couple of months to see the fruits of that. And then once that momentum started building, it, it kind of it never stopped, really. I, I wasn't aware of, at that point, I wasn't aware of what he achieved before I got there. Do, do, do you see what I mean? A kind of... Um... I kind of learned that whilst I whilst I joined the club and, and saw that he's actually turned it around and catapulted us from where the club was at the time to where they are now. There wasn't any question in it. There was what he promised is what he delivered. So I was I would, that was enough for me to go like yeah I'll have a bit of that. The crowds have kept coming this season despite the league position. How important are the supporters and they back you and the players? They're everything. They're everything at a football club. They're everything. Get the supporters off their seats if we can and try and make the game quick rather than it being too slow because sometimes when it is slow, you know, there's a few moans and groans that can go around in the stadium. And finally from there, another cliche in this situation, Sleeping Giant, a city like Bristol deserves and needs a successful football club, doesn't it? Needs a Premier League club. Needs a Premier League club. Fantastic city. It is a fantastic city. It'll be nice if we can uh, Get some good West Country noise coming from those stands. Yeah, you've always wanted to be a Premiership manager. How much is that still burning you to imagine? Massive. Massive. In here, the ball's off. He should surely. He's got to find the winner. And he has. A shot, he'll have one now. Oh, what a finish! Turns inside and will unleash a shot and a goal! Bristol City lead in the opening stages! Living it towards Flint who gets the header in and it's three! He changed it quite a lot to be fair. I think as soon as he came in he really put his foot down and said look we're a lot better than what we're showing. 
and it just kind of gave us all confidence really um it kind of gave us a boot up the backside that we needed and uh, i think we we finished off the season quite well i think our form towards the end was quite good and then the, the season the 14 15 it just showed how good we were Derek Williams spent three years at Bristol City and saw the duration of Cottrell's tenure. The manager's impact resonated throughout the current members of the squad, but there were plenty of players who were brought in and would become key members this season. Wade Elliott, Mark Little, Luke Freeman, Luke Ayling, Kieran Agard, Corey Smith and Aaron Wilbraham all came in and of course have become memorable names to every City fan. But how did Cottrell convince these players of what was to come? Me and my wife and little girl went out to Dubai and I I was out of contract leaving Crystal Palace at the time and uh, I'd had talks with uh, Birmingham City and Coventry City before I came out and there was a few negotiations going on and then I recognised Steve Cottrell in the hotel so just kind of introduced myself and said hello. My good friend Sam Baldock was at Bristol City at the time so I knew he was Sam's manager and stuff so we had a bit of a chat and then every time I went in the gym he was kind of in there doing a bit of work and he kept seeing that I was in the gym and then after about four or five days, he just called me over and asked if I'd signed anywhere yet. And I, I said, no, I've had talks with a couple of clubs. And he said, oh, would you be willing to come down and have a talk at Bristol City? So I was like, yeah, definitely. You could just tell he was pure. There was no, usually when you go to football clubs, when you start, when you go and meet managers and, and, and whoever else, uh, directors of football and things like that, there's a bit of... You can come away feeling is that is that really true? Does he is, does he believe what he's actually saying? And you can kind of see I can I can now see with a bit of experience the ones that are kind of lying through their teeth and or, or trying to sugarcoat things. But I could just tell with Steve it was that exactly what it was. Like he looked you in the eye, shook you in the hand, and everything that he said to you was completely truthful. He was like, I'll I'll let you know now. It'll probably only be a year's contract because you're a bit older and the club have kind of been burnt by all the players in the past turning up, kind of picking up the money, being injured, sitting around. So I was like, yeah, fair enough. I'm used to that in football once you get over the retirement age of 35. So he said, but if you back yourself to play the games, uh, you'll get rewarded with contracts if you do well. So I was like, yeah, back myself to do that. I still felt in good shape and everything. So... Uh, he said, yeah, we'll have a chat. And then he kind of had a bit of a joke with my little girl and said, make sure your dad keeps going in the gym, uh, keep him fit and stuff. And then well, then he, I found out at a later date, he'd actually been checking in the hotel every day if I'd been going in the gym. So he'd been like looking through the room list, no way you have to sign in a hotel gym. And he'd been checking if my name and room number was on there. So like he'd been keeping an eye on me, obviously doing his homework. But yeah, after that, I obviously came down I had a chat with him and then we we just kind of agreed everything and uh, I chose an apartment in city centre of Bristol and the rest is kind of history. Wilbraham answers the shot, great finish! And Aaron Wilbraham grabs his ninth of the season with a rocket of a strike. Post Wilbraham and there's his second. Bristol City are in front. Down, Wilbraham is there. And Bristol City extend their lead. He just knows the right place to be. I think it's easy to look back in hindsight and say, oh, we signed these, these amazing players. But honestly, and without being disrespectful, I was expecting a little bit more from, from the signings. I, I, I was thinking, we're, we're really going for this. We're meant to be serious. And 
basically we were signing young players from from League One, like de- decent players from, and, but not from stellar teams. We signed Corey from Oldham, Luke from Yeovil, and Freezy from Stevenage. I think it's easy now to look back in hindsight and say, yeah, we signed these brilliant players, but at the time it, that definitely wasn't a given. And probably a lot of fans going into the new season, maybe even players, I'm not sure, um, would have said that finishing in the top six in 14-15 would have been a success. But Cottrell was adamant, you know, he, he said publicly on several occasions that he wanted to win the league. And I think over the course of the summer and being away on pre-season and all that stuff and spending a lot of time with the players, he probably gradually hammered that message home that you're good enough to win this league, I expect you to win this league. And if you don't win this league, you haven't done enough. And he said that from day dot. He said, we're getting promoted, we're going to win the league. And everyone kind of believed in it from that day. And yeah, the signings he made were quality. You can go through the names and see where they are now. All very good players. With the squad assembled, Cottrell was able to start implementing his style of play from the off. A fluid system that would bring about defensive stability, but also attacking prowess with rushing wing-backs and a lethal strike force. What Steve did is he, he developed a way that he wanted to play, um, a system that he wanted to play, and he knew what attributes and exactly what he was looking for to fit within it and he went out and identified players that fitted into it perfectly and he, he coached that system and, and when you look looking back on that now that was a masterclass. probably don't think Steve Cottrell got the credit that he deserved because I've never come into a football club like I did and have someone explain everyone's job so well from the first minute I joined pre-season we were doing constant team shape in this 3-5-2 formation. He know which he, what he wanted to do. And when you see a manager believe in something so much and you end up re- like repeating it every day, re- like repetitive drills and everyone knows where to move for each throwing goal kick, it, it just becomes second nature. I remember Steve Cottrell every single day in training telling me I needed to get down the back post. Get on the back post. If the cross is coming in from the left side, get on the back post. He doesn't care what's going on. It doesn't matter if I've done however many runs defensive wise. Get on the back post and I should get four or five a season. Back stick headers four or five plus a season. And he said that to all wing backs. And if I'm quite honest, when I, I'm not known for all my goals, it was kind of like, yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, I, I will try, I will try again. I think he did that so well that to everyone watching, it was like, oh, you play some good stuff, you boys, but we just knew our jobs from day one. And I think that come down to Steve Cutch, I might say, 3-5-2 is a nice formation to watch if it's done properly. And he definitely had studied it and learned how to do it properly and brought the players in to complement it, like the final pieces to the jigsaw, which he wanted that summer. So, I think it was it was just kind of that, and and the way the way he trained us into that formation, we we always had confidence with it. He was hard on me every day. He'd be on my case, um, but I needed that because I used to get comfortable. I used to get too relaxed, and he saw something in me. He, he used to get on me, and then whenever I got angry, I used to play better. But at the time, I remember I, I hated it. I was like, "Fuck's sake, why is he always on me?" But then the lads were like, "Nah, nah, like he's on you for a reason. He likes you." Um, I think that position suited me down to a T. Um, I think it suited down all of us, to be fair. Every player on the pitch, it suited us. That's down to Steve Cottrell, known as players and known how to get the best out of us. So, you know, straight away, by the time they kicked off the first game, the players were absolutely 100% focused on what they were aspiring to achieve. So the stage was set. A summer of transfers, training and preparation was over and a trip to South Yorkshire was in store. As Sheffield United lay in wait to kick off the 2014-15 campaign. 
The curtain raised, the New Look City side took to a colosseum of noise at Bramwell Lane. The prologue spoken, Cottrell expected them to be champions. Now it was time to introduce themselves as such in the first act. We were a brand new team, like it was a big change. I think it was five or six new players to, to, the, to the squad. But I just felt that it was brand new. We'd worked really hard in the pre-season and we were, we were going up against what we believed at the time was going to be the strongest team in the league, which was a perfect game to have really as your first game of the season. It was our most important game for over two months. So we focused on it, we went into detail, we knew everyone knew exactly what was what was required and all we needed to do was go go and perform. Coming into that Sheffield United game on the first day of the season, I mean, you know, they were expected to win the league, I think, uh, probably more so than us. I remember talking to, to, to someone in the media team and they were saying that they'd spoken to, I think it was Scott Murray just beforehand and had said, well, you know, do you think the lads are ready considering they haven't had much game time? And he just said, I hope so. There's a little pass Harris all too easily. Crosses in. The header from Wilbraham is in! Bristol City open the scoring and it's a debut goal for Aaron Wilbraham. And just look at the dance. So, and I think the dance that I did when I scored the goal, that came from the uh, X Factor song that I did. I kind of, at the end of the song, I kind of didn't know what to do, so I just kind of broke into a little dance. So all the boys were saying from Botswana, you've got to do that when you score your first goal. So that's why I did that dance as well, which probably not many people know. Well, we're just saying he hasn't scored in the league for a good couple of years. It was on a plate for him after some great work from Mark Little down the right. Head is there, and there's the equaliser. And you can't say it's not been coming. Michael Higdon with a debut goal, and Sheffield United have the goal that they wanted before half time, and they've been pushing for it. They really have. From Williams, headed on by Little, Wilbraham, Elliot. He's got time, and he makes no mistake in putting Bristol City back in front. It's a lovely goal, Little to Wilbraham, and Elliot took it so well. Bristol City, who were under the cosh for so long in the first half, have really improved since the break. And certainly, since they came out for the second half, it's not undeserved that they should be back in front. And I obviously know that you get those doubters when you sign a club, and I think my father-in-law's always said, because I've, I've been with my wife for 18 years now, and he's always said, well, throughout, when he's watched me go to new clubs, he's always said to me, like, Aaron, they might not be singing your name when they join the club, but they always are by the time you leave the club. And it's kind of a thing that I've had to do. I've had to kind of prove each time, prove people wrong. And I think I've always been quite good at that. So for me to have the, day, the kind of debut that I did, I think my wife's uh, mum was in hospital at the time as well, quite ill. And I remember take, going straight from the ground to the hospital with my man of the match trophy that I got off Sky and like giving it to her in a hospital bed and stuff. And it was just a great day because I got a goal and an assist at a new club. And I, I remember watching and coming away thinking, wow, I've not seen City play football like that for ages. Uh, and I think, was it Aaron Wilbraham got the winning goal? Uh, and it, I don't know, there was just something about that game that 
that gave us a lot of confidence. And then every game after that, the performances from the players were just brilliant. And the togetherness and some of the football we played was just scintillating. I think we knew we had a decent side. There were obviously a lot of new players and we weren't quite sure how quickly they would gel together. So straight away to go and beat the title favourites away from home was a bit of a statement to start with. Yeah, I mean, that momentum rolled on really, didn't it? I, I remember Aaron Wilbraham came in that, that summer, you know, seen as someone who would be a good influence around the place. Um, but people maybe weren't absolutely convinced how many goals he would score. Within a couple of months, he was up to nine or ten goals. So it did snowball very, very quickly and it didn't take long to realise that this team could do something quite special. Never ever be a player and never ever be a manager or a team that you can genuinely say that from the first game of the season you felt that you were going to win the league. So that's impossible. But what you can find out is are we a million miles away and we've got a lot of work to do or we've got a big chance here to do something special and that was my feeling it was like I couldn't really see there was a lot it's a long season of course it's a long season and there's ups and downs there's injuries there's the politics there's all sorts of stuff that you have to have to battle in a football season but I felt that on the journey home that we had a chance <laughs>